Oh. What was that, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> no. I know. Oh. Recording in progress. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Hey everybody, Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast here. Delighted to welcome Daniel, Evan and Joel. We've got a forums and we've got plenty of news, plenty of stuff to talk about. And the first thing is, I just want to talk to you, Evan, about the Worn Out Tour in the UK, man. How did it go? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, okay. absolutely unreal. Really, really, really good. Uh, I'd do it again tomorrow now in a heartbeat. So, Right. And how many gigs did you play? Uh, there was four altogether. So we had two in Scotland. We had Glasgow, Inverness. Then we had the long drive down to Leeds, which was like seven hours. Um, and then Manchester. But yeah, all the bands we played with were unreal. Turnouts were amazing. We have, we sold every single t-shirt that we have. So we have at the minute, like, a very low stock of hoodies and then a couple of vinyl left, which we'll have at the market on Saturday. But um, yeah. yeah, it was great to see. I feel like people kind of, they recognized that a band had traveled and wanted to give that little bit extra of a support. So yeah, nice. unreal. Absolutely buzzing off, to be honest. Now, yeah. And what about my main man, Jamie and Razor Sharp, Dead Blizzard, all the lads? They were so fucking good, man. Oh my God, they've genuinely, they have gotten even better. Like, and I'm not just saying that, uh, that was the first night that we were playing with them. The boys came in super quick, set up, fucking knocked it out of the park. They were absolutely unreal. Didn't get the chat to them as much as I would have wanted yeah. to. Yeah. But, um, I didn't see any footage of, of that one up actually. I don't know. Did, was there, was yeah, it caught? I, yeah, no, there was a few things of them that went up. Um, okay, but I have a I have their T-shirt in there as well, actually. But yeah, fuck, I can't sing their praises high enough. They're trying to get back over, so we'll try figure something out. Oh, that'd be class! And that yeah. was who else played with you on that night? Um, we had Lauren and Below the Neck, who we were like doing the the tour with. Tour with, yeah. Okay. Um, and then there was a band, uh, Slept On, hardcore band that are absolutely class. Uh, they had just released a new single so it was their kind of like a single launch and it was uh, yeah unreal I think Manchester was the the best gig for all of us I don't there was something about it it just crowd went absolutely insane um, we got the, the full whack of everything what did you what did you think the 13th note man oh the 13th note yeah you were on about that Joe it was actually unreal um when we were looking for food, I was like, I'm going to go down here anyway. And the lads kind of just followed me down. And when they realized it was all vegetarian, vegan, it was like, right, fuck this. We're going to Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had a, a vegan burrito and there was dogs everywhere. So it was like, I knew I, I was looking forward to going to the 13th. No, all right, for that. Dogs and vegetarian stuff, I was in my element back. And so is that your, was that the first ever gig outside Ireland for you guys? For for Worn Out, yeah, yeah. That was actually the first That's one that, that we've done. Uh, first place Gamble Bomb ever played outside of Ireland as well, so the 13th. No. Really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> there we go, like, yeah, yeah. 
I thought you played England before. How did I think you... No, like, we, to be honest, like, there was lots of plans and different occasions for us to go over, but pandemic being the pandemic just kind of cut it off, like. Okay. But this was the first time we actually got to do it and the first time it was announced, but there was a lot of, like, just about to do it kind of thing, like. Okay. What do you think yourself? Will you get back over to the UK before... 100%. Before the end of the year? Before the end of the year, uh, maybe not, but we are, we will definitely be over um, next year. We have kind of plans in place um, and we have more plans for ourselves, like kind of the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a lot of stuff kind of coming over the next while, like. Mm. Yeah, sure, you can trust me with it anyway. You know, it's not <laughs> No, I, I, I actually can't. Is the so thing. We have a trust <laughs> issue. I can't believe this. Like, we have a trust issue. I only made one fuck up. Like, <laughs> so Joe, plans are afoot. There's a Gamma Bomb tour. Yeah, there's a tour in July. So, 20, 20th anniversary tour because we're now officially old. Wow. So we are. Oh, Jesus. So it'll be good crack. Like, um, Doing Derry and Belfast and Dublin uh, in Ireland. Unfortunately, I don't know why. Like we're trying to see if we could do Limerick or somewhere else, and it just never happened. So, um, but yeah, so going to be doing all the usual spots around England and Scotland, and I don't think we're going to Wales this time. And um, yeah, just looking forward to it. Really, we've got a couple of gigs now this weekend coming up in Holland that are kind of like warm up gigs for that. So. That's nice. the thirteenth and fourteenth, isn't it? Or sixteenth? Yeah, thirteenth and fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. um, so we're going to miss your B day, Bash. Unfortunately, Richie. It's okay, kid. There's no hassle once you're doing gigs and being proactive, and you and you're happy in your environment. It's all good with me. Yeah, we're getting on really well. We've, uh, we just finished pre-production on the album as well. So James from Decapitated is going in to start doing the drums on like the tenth of June. So. That's nice name to drop, insane. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> going to be something else, no, it's a... Did you go to see them on their short jaunt around Ireland at any stage decapitated, Joe? Not really a fan. Have to have to be a, a, be honest, really. Like, you know, like, he's an amazing drummer and they, they're all brilliant players, but it's probably just a wee bit too... too... <laughs> for me, you know. Mm. <laughs> which is fair. Yeah, which is fair. I saw him in Limerick, they were outstanding. <laughs> I'd say they were class. Did they play in Limerick? Did they? Did they? Yeah, yeah. The drummer is Harbinger fucking outstanding. were on that as well, weren't they? Who? Harbinger. They were on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're and savage band. There was another band as well. Swarm of the. Yes, yeah. They were the something. Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on. Yeah, I saw some post there. The Philly said you've roughly twenty songs wrote already, and you're thirty. Yeah. Was it 30? Yeah, so like it's, it's sort of like about 20 with vocals and there's like probably 30 all in. So I think the idea is we'll just get James you know, pick the album around that because basically they were saying that even if we hand the record in in August or something like that, that the turnaround time for vinyl is just yeah. ridiculous. You know, we're mm-hmm. like, yeah. be prepared for it to come out like next May or June. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's you're not going to avoid that either unless you're so super you just like, I think if you're doing like seven inches, you can get small runs done, but generally, like it just seems to be, yeah, seven or eight months is the minimum lead in time. So, yeah. we're yeah. kind of trying to look at it as a positive saying, 
got the album done. We can spend, you know, months on videos and try and really have a good, like, good campaign basically for it. You know? Yeah, use it for your advantage while you have the time and that level of work is done. Yeah, sure. nobody does seven inches anymore, man. I have a rake of brilliant seven inches in the house. Fate no more, all those ones hanging up. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird things that seem as like cassettes. Like, I, I guess people do go home and play them, but like, I would imagine a lot of people who are buying cassettes or seven inches probably just putting them in the collection or putting them on the wall. They're Absolutely. Not really yeah, I definitely feel that with the cassettes anyway. There's a lot of, it seems to be a thing, a lot of hardcore bands are releasing uh, cassettes. Well. Yeah, black metal, but like, I, I kind of get it with black metal because black, you know, that a true cult thing is just shit production, but on purpose <laughs> and tapes don't sound great. Like, you know, yeah. but, uh, do you guys get asked for them a lot, Evan? Do you? No, I, very rarely, to be honest. I think maybe once or twice to the gig, but if, if you, rarely enough we get asked for CDs as well. Do you know, like people seem to, when they see vinyl or they know it's online, the, they'll either take the vinyl or they'll stream it. It's we haven't really been asked. I haven't anyway been asked for if we're doing CDs. I think they're very kind of. I I see them as definitely dead, if not on their very very last legs. You know. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes it kind of seems like the most important thing is if you've got you know shirts and vinyl yeah. and patches, like that's probably all you really actually need. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, this day and age, definitely. You're spot on, Joe. Yeah, I agree. And there was um, a really cool gig announced today, Crypt of the Rift. Crypt of the Rift, you mean? Crypt of the Rift. Crypt. <laughs> Rift of the Crypts. Who's playing with that then? Crypt of the Croft. <laughs> yeah, Ten Ton Slug, Soothsayer, Elder Druid, True Home, and Nomadus. You would see me up there. I I said to I was reading it out to Pete earlier, and I was and Pete just goes, "Rich will be at that," and we were like, "Yeah, he loves Belfast." Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> when when is that, Richie? First, First of, of July. July. Yeah. You are you around? Are you on tour? I'll be around. Nice one. Uh, like Alex, do you want to be up? No, I I have uh, some secret stuff that I'm doing on that very day that I'm not going to tell you. Fuck until you, we don't have a podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm finishing shift work that morning but I think I'll just finish early do you know I'm going to finish at half three in the morning get a bit of an old kip and then drive straight up uh, I might I might head up as well I'm trying to calculate how long it would take me to get up there uh, it'll four take hours you, so. no it'll take me four hours from Corks it'll take you three from them we well, flew the way I drive mm, yeah. maybe Who's Did you say three? you flew up, Evan? Uh, yeah, when we were last time. I thought you meant Richie, you actually got a plane. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I give I give a plane a good run for its money, though. For... <laughs> you definitely would. Yeah, you definitely would. It doesn't drop below one hundred and twenty. I wonder if you fly from Shannon actually to Belfast. That would be interesting. No, I I don't think you can because I actually checked this earlier <laughs> out, uh, a couple of days ago. There's no. Like Shannon to London, from... London to Belfast. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you really hate the bus, like yeah. <laughs> Danielle, like I mean, come on, like ten ton slow, Elder Druid, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, uh, you and you were saying you haven't seen suits there yet. I was saying that. Yeah. And, and no matter, so incredible at the siege. Like if, um, 
yeah, I don't have any Richie, did, you, um, did you see, Richie, that uh, Clang has been moved once again? Did you? The same. That was a while ago, wasn't it? No, the, yeah, for 29th of October now. Yeah. Good luck yeah. with that. There'll be no yeah, is, it, is it the same lineup? No, it's not, but it's Clang is fucked. <laughs> it's like. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think anyone has. Your man running it seems like a nice guy. He had him on the yeah, podcast. Rob, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He seems like an absolutely lovely guy, but just blind naivety, I think. Um, I won't be surprised if we get a cancellation thing from it soon enough, you know. Mm. And Jarvis's thing is still going ahead, Joe, isn't it? Yep, <clears throat> it is indeed. So apparently it, it is doing pretty well, tickets, like, that's it's like a few thing. hundred, few hundred sold and stuff like that. So mm. I suppose it's just you know it's one of those things that because they've got a lot of new album bands playing, you're gonna get um you're gonna get a whole bunch of people traveling for it. Whereas I think that's probably yeah. the problem with Clang. It's not really it's not really the kind of bill that people are gonna fly to Ireland to go and see in any great numbers, is it? Yeah, I'm gonna be in Greece for that. Uh, so otherwise I'd go without a doubt no I, yeah. there's just a lot of nice bands on that that you you wouldn't really get to see again yeah, yeah I think faith in it is kind of pretty much nothing from going from having to line up with a lot of with the two stages having Irish bands on it and then mm. getting rid of that and now this it's like you know just con- condensing it down just to one post that says it's cancelled that's well, without going into too much details, like I know somebody told me how much it, it is for a coroner to come and play, like whatever their fee is and Candlemas, and it's like those bands couldn't play in, you know, the Voodoo Lounge or Temple Bar yeah. Music Centre because their fee's too much. Like they need they need to fill that place to be able to make a yeah. profit. Oh, and it doesn't seem like they're anywhere near no. filling it. Like, no. yeah. definitely, definitely not. You know, and it's like. Like I hope, I really hope that it uh, it does go really, really well for them. But like you know, there was something like this about ten years ago in Ireland called Mysterious Wounds Festival, and they got like Sodom and Blind Guardian. Oh right, to play okay. like a, in a Temple Bar Music Center, and it didn't do well either. So. Mm, yeah, yeah. You want everything to work, obviously, but I mean, it's like just and they and they got like the kind of two or three bands that were really on the way up as well. Green Lung. Green Lung. You saw them, Daniel, didn't you? Yeah, they're savage. Yeah. They're really, really good. Yeah, they're very good. The Risen Dread were playing, I think, and one or two other bands as well. I can't remember now. But anyway, so Metal to the Masses is over. Congratulations to Haint. Great pals of the show, Ian and Steve. Yeah. Delighted for them. And Darren as well. Knock everything. I've a fucking wooden spoon. Yeah, I've a wooden spoon. I don't want to fucking knock everything. Hang on, I will get it. It's a momentous occasion. Like sponsor Evan Friending, and he'll wear it. Or I've been slapping my own arse with that whenever I've been bowled. Yeah, good. Thanks for that. So I can put that back in the re-edit. Yeah, no worries. Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, who else, was, too, who else was in the final? There was Nomadis, Survivalist, Blurred Reality, Divides Unfold, and Dynasty. I had to laugh when I saw our Dynasty. Um, Blake Carrington and Alexis Colby, shout out, 80s soap opera America. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Haynes to actually release stuff because... 
Oh, I've heard the, some of the going, demos, man. It's yeah, it's class. going to be incredible. Yeah, for a you know, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not very often that you get bands that win it that have no recordings out whatsoever. So it really is going off the merit of just that. Mm. What they what they've been doing live, but the demo stuff that I've heard is uh, it's going. They're they're just going to shoot up straight away, like not heroin, like just <laughs> <laughs> as in <laughs> uh, how well they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I think they will. Jesus, fame goes there. It is strange that there's no recordings at all on offer, isn't it, Daniel? Yeah, that that is strange. I was going to say, well, you know, their stuff ain't going to be bad. <laughs> wooden spoon wooden spoon yeah that's why i have it that's why i have it yeah yeah and this, yeah, this was like their first gig as well wasn't it they just started uh, straight into that's uh, mad oh, i think there was other gigs mm. but but like they, they have a good history by... behind them uh but stand up yeah guy they do and you know yeah so qualities there and in fairness ian ian is great man for the scene he's always commenting yeah. In relation to bands or anything that we put up, Ian is uh, 100%, as yeah. I said, a, a great, great friend of the show. And I mean, yeah. like Nomad has finished second, I think, um, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're another new young band. I don't know. Have you heard of them, Joe? Have you? Yeah, no, Freddie. Um, they're oh, great. You met, so met Freddie. You met Freddie that yeah, time. Yeah, we're, we're down the last time. Yeah, yeah. so, but like, they're, they're definitely like a good example of someone who can kind of take fresh as a formula and then do like a very modern yes. modern take on it and stuff you know so fair mm. play because actually whenever we were speaking to him up at a, that thing in Belfast he was saying about all the lineup problems we were having and you know we was just feeling a bit dis, uh, disheartened about the band so I'm really glad that you know they're going down so well and they did did well at the contest you know yeah absolutely yeah and very uh, strong up there wasn't it the, the final yeah. very strong final mm. We played Blurred Reality before and we all know how good survivalists are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so the Dublin Tombs Heats took then. it in yeah. Dublin then. The Dublin Heats, Tombs took that, yeah. So they're set for the Jägermeister stage and Four Not uh, for the New Blood stage. See Strangers with Guns who are doing support on the OBK Joe Tour as well. Yeah. Isn't that classic? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Is it just the Dublin gig that they're doing it for? No, or are they they're doing, doing the for... Belfast one as well. <clears throat> Belfast as well, but um, I think they'll probably go down really well because, like, if, if it was going to try and imagine what sort of crowd of people would like that kind of style of stuff, it's probably exactly that, isn't it? You know, yeah. How big are Ugly Kid Joe? Like, they were quite uh, big in the nineties, weren't they? Kind of grunge, yeah. Kind of still, still, like, pull like five or six hundred people. I know that some of the shows though, that they play in England are in arenas like you know wow yeah. holy shit yeah they're playing like some 5,000 seaters and stuff in England so. that's fantastic for Jeff and the lads that's a great experience I saw him did, you, did any of you see him in the siege Evan did you watch him in the siege yeah yeah I, I saw him at the siege um, watching their new basis makes such a difference to them Yes, that's yeah. just just what I was going to say. I was really really fills out a sound like yeah yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's he's been playing in bands for years now. He's he's an absolute gent as well. But mm. you could just tell there was that extra tightness coming from him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Jeff was um, very sick that day. He, yeah, I saw that. I did. I didn't actually get to see him or talk Neither to him. Neither did I. I think no, he, he played and he just couldn't get over that. 
I, I took pictures of him and, and he just went, Jesus Christ, you were so close to me taking those pictures and I never saw you. So I'm going meeting him anyway, ironically enough, because he said to me that, did I want to get on the guest list for Ugly Kid Joe and Strangers in Dublin? So I checked the date and I went, would you believe I'm going to be in Dublin anyway that day? And it's going to be for Gary Newman. Oh, class. <laughs> yeah. So Some crack. So I'm going to meet him for points before or after the gig. We'll have to figure that one out. It's going to be meeting him properly this time. I'll get him uh, shit yeah, yeah. before they play. <laughs> or get all the secrets out of him. Like, you'll, you'll get everything out of him. Like. Strangers with secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the roundup. Um, I've got a song to play. The band are called Voodoo Chief. They're from Northern Ireland. They're three piece consisting of Paddy on guitars and vocals, Bart on bass, and Paul on drums. The track is Wolf, and it came out on the 6th of May. It was recorded at Tribal King Studios where they all seem to be involved in all the lads in it. And Daniel Q of Monolith Audio mixed and mastered it. So here it is, it's called Wolf. And you don't have to review it or nothing, lads.
So yeah, keep an eye out for those that are listening or watching on the show. They're called Voodoo Chief and they're three peas. As I said, Paddy, Bart and Paul. Uh, thanks for sending on the track to the show. Over to you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't really hear the audio. It's, um, it's good. When, oh, okay. When, and so I can kind of half make it out. All right. I'm only messing yeah. on it. Yeah, no, I was like, I have nothing prepared. Usually I'd like have yeah, something prepared. That's the first time we heard it too. Yeah, that's yes, it literally is. I dropped it on you. It's, it's something you can bang your head to anyway. Definitely. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd like, to, I'd, like to hear, I'd like to hear clean. So. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah, because you were getting it through your speakers. Yeah, that's of it, course. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't, yeah, I can't really doesn't make it out as well. Yeah. Can't tell if the drums were programmed or not through these. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not programmed. So the topic, uh, Evan, you came up with the topic. It's uh, MySpace and how it shapes social media for bands now. I think Evan's the only one who can actually talk on this. <laughs> what? <That's... laughs> what? <laughs> I put into the group chat, I was like, this is before my time. I don't know anything. <laughs> really? Like, it's like just how it's, how it's like shaped everything. Because I guess if we didn't have MySpace, we wouldn't have what we have now with Facebook and just, I guess, the way that bands go about uh, promoting. I know, like, with, you know, back in the day, there was some things that were okay then that are definitely not okay now. Like, on MySpace, you could, like, mass mail everybody when you put up a new post or something. So you kind of just go and add absolutely everyone and then send out this mass thing saying, oh, we have a new song or hmm. whatever kind of update. Whereas if you were, you know, copy and pasting messages to people now, you're probably going to get blocked. <laughs> like, so there's a weird etiquette that's even changed in, in years. Like, well, like my space was out before YouTube and Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so think that, that just says it like, all. Like, I mean, that's... That literally yeah. was the go-to source for music. LimeWire was mine. A lot of people can forget that there wasn't really the same capacity for listening to music online back then, you know? Yeah. Like, there wasn't really band camps or even YouTubes where you could have all your songs up on, you know? Mm. So it was really, it was definitely about networking, you know? And, like, that's how we met all the bands that we started gigging with was all through just MySpace and you can hear one of their songs on their MySpace page or whatever and then they're all like please put us in your top 10 friends so that yeah. you know other <laughs> other bands could see oh yeah you're a bit like this and like it was a, a whole total like etiquette thing because you'd be like yeah. some bigger band put us in their top 10 so ooh, that means that people who like that band are going to start hearing our music you know yeah it's the same thing as well like the, that the top friends thing that's essentially the same thing that um, Spotify do, which, you know, like fans also like. like that's ah, all okay, kind of okay. come from, from that same kind of same thing, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Like uh, everything kind of just, exp I feel like everything just started at that and then just people expanded from it. I know there was <laughs> a pure volume. I remember having a pure volume page years ago, but... It was like the first kind of time that you didn't have to, like if you had gigs, it wasn't literally just putting posters up in the place that the gig is on. Like, you know, you could actually, if you put it up online, it would just reach people 
straight away, which like imagine if we didn't have that now, like as much as people, you know, f- fucking hate social media, whatever, I get it. Like, you know, fuck it. It is a pain in the hole. But how fucking miserable would you be without having as many fans that you can find so easily? Yeah. If yeah. you didn't have it, you know what I mean? I was going to say, what used to happen back in the day is you would miss gigs because you didn't know about yeah, them or didn't see the poster yeah, yeah. and stuff. And it became a lot easier to do that. And the whole thing with MySpace seemed to be that it always led to, you know, some form, you know, where there'd be a, lot, a whole lot of like-minded people talking about the same kind of thing, you know? Mm. And Daniel, so you were basically a YouTube child then? Um, Bebo was a thing. It was just, I think, like certain schools just didn't take up in MySpace. Well, maybe MySpace was just slightly before my time because I think it was a bit before Bebo, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I think, think so. like Bebo and Facebook were like competing at one stage. Yeah, so. it took me, I think I was on Bebo for a while um, and that had the whole top 16 friends and all that type of stuff and yeah. shared love and stuff like that. Do you share songs on Bebo and all that as well? Was it, I don't, or you, was prob- it more... you probably could, but I don't remember finding music through that. Okay. Um, it was kind of, yeah, YouTube more so, but it would have been LimeWire before that. Remember LimeWire, guys? Yep. Oh, mm. absolutely. Remember that remember well. well. Poisoning my computer with LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, was that sure, Torrance? Like bands would upload pretty it much. Yeah, yeah. Similar to Torrance, yeah. But um, okay. I remember fucking my poor parents turning on the computer one time and a lot of porn popped up and they were just like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, that me? <laughs> Tried to download Slipknot's on. Yeah. Do you remember like, again, just showing how like versatile bands can be that if you give them one thing, they'll manipulate it to make it something else that like, say what bands used to do is like upload their own songs, like their demos or whatever, but put it down. um, Like when people would download it as like tool new song like leaked or something <laughs> and you'd be like oh my fucking god and you'd go to download it and it could just be like some <clears throat> shitty garage demo from some band in canada or like fucking anywhere and like people would just keep doing this like that fucking was the first hell. kind of way to you know guerrilla marketing in a way like you know just be mm. like right we'll trick people i don't know how they thought it would really be a positive because it. That was a thing though back in the nineties. Um, whenever for load or it must have been for load by Metallica came out. Uh, whenever someone released a whole load of Curb Dog demos and said yeah, these are demos, yeah. demos for the new Metallica album, and I got like yeah. serious attention back then. People were like, "Oh my god!" Either loved it or hated mm. it. Like, you know? Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing that already. I remember the advent of Torrance, and then suddenly. Because there was like so much stuff thrown up on the, as you were saying, on the internet about bands that I like couldn't believe I'd access suddenly to all this free music. And I would spend hours downloading fucking albums that I would never listen to, but it was just to share, not so much greed, but it was just to share novelty of going grab, 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 grab. And it like, was a rush. And fill up like all these hard drives full of fucking music. And then eventually you couldn't listen to it because you just took so much of it down that you just go off for fuck's sake. Jeez, uh, I remember the first time trying to download something off Napster um, with dial up internet in Kilkenny. Like 
it took like you know you know the I can still see it now just sitting waiting and you know the the icon thing of when it's loading where it's like one piece of paper goes into another folder. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, right. <it's> like, <laughs> watching that for oh. hours, but like, and then when the thing downloads, sure, I didn't have a fucking the right thing to play it, so it would just say the name <laughs> of the song with I don't know, it's like dot e. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I was happy out knowing that it was there. I think at one stage it was listening to stuff. Win, Winamp, Win. Oh, Winamp. Oh, some player. I'm sure somebody was Winamp. Yeah. Win yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember, uh, like, you know, back then as well. Like, you could only play. Yeah, quick time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I remember back in the line, uh, line torrents or whatever it is, downloading an album and then realizing that it was like eight bit recreations of the songs because you couldn't upload music properly you know so they would just have like 8-bit versions of it or you know polyphonic ringtones as well (laughs) yeah oh stop like ringtones at one stage actually counted towards um like a sale like you know like to get in the chart you could sell just ringtones and have a number one hit single. Crazy Frog. <laughs> crazy Frog. That's pretty much of Crazy Frog got number one. But so it was Jesus basically. Christ. I'm trying to think like so. Torrents basically were lads burning CDs onto the, their computer and then uploading them. Is that it? Yeah. And then everybody was yeah. stealing them and spreading them around. Then. Yeah, yeah. but well, the thing was. I was going to say, this is all after the historic Lars Ulrich and Napster case. So, you know, there was a lot more kind of like, I think nowadays people are a bit more like, mm, I don't know if I feel right about this. And you don't need to download stuff because it's all. Yeah. But like, yeah, back then everyone's like, oh, you know, you can just download anything. I remember downloading trash albums from some blog and then our first album come up and I was all like, oh, excuse me, uh, could you take that down, please? Because, uh, you know? And they were like, no, you fucking hypocrite. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to think about this. (laughs) But it's different because it affects me. (laughs) But me. But that was like, that was good because like that, like, led to the discussion. We were like, right, okay, you know, if we're doing this and everyone's doing this, then it's best not to be precious about that sort of thing and not yap about downloading because that was a whole thing back then was that, most bands were just getting off and sounding grumpy about mm-hmm. it. Man. Yeah, to, to think how things are now, we'll say, with Lars Ulrich, like with the Napster thing, like there was people like rioting and burning Metallica CDs, which is fucking hilarious because it doesn't matter what you do once you bought it. Like, do you know what I mean? You can burn all these CDs that you bought. It's he's not going to make any less money off it anyway. But, but like, do you know, like, like people are like, that, what are you going to say? Sorry, that I was just going to say like people gave out shit about Lars Ulrich back then, going mad, and he was like, "Oh, I'm doing it for the younger artists." And now it's gone the other way, where people are like, "Buy music, you know, guys, Spotify's but the devil." He was right, and people are paying for Spotify. Right. He, he was dead right. Like people are paying yeah. for Spotify. Um, and they're still being like, oh no, Spotify's not right. Um, but they'll still be like, fuck Lars Ulrich. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is the thing. I like, Jesus, there was something about Lars that always just pissed me off. I don't know what it was, but 
like I can never deny the guy there. Like he he knew what was happening. He saw it, and it's like I wonder if there's many other people that will <laughs> will admit that he was right, or will they just be like, oh no, it's totally different. Like no, no, it's totally. But he different was coming thing. from the old school reasoning of you know, like he had like an incredible vinyl collection. And was like meeting these bands when they toured America and Europe and buying their merch and buying their vinyl. So he knew when it came to his band, how his band would like to fucking sell their their merchandising. And certainly went through fucking Napster and he was able to recognize very fast what the bigger story was. And that's just true. All the experience yeah. he had with the, the, like the fault here, really, with all this is to do with the music industry because whenever it yeah. changed from you know vinyl to cassette to CD, they should have immediately had a plan for implementing something like Spotify or some way to legitimize people streaming music, you know, because that was the whole thing. They thought downloading was the problem, but downloading was only popular for 10 years and it turned out that people just wanted to listen to it, which they'd been doing. Like copying tapes in this in the eighties or listening to stuff mm. in the radio, so, you know. And can you remember yeah. with MySpace then? Was that was much of that taken up with advertisements as well? No, Not at the start. start. I think yeah, any of them were at the start. Yeah, there was. It, I think there was a there was a quite a purist thing to MySpace at the start because, like, there was bigger artists on it but it it was mainly for smaller artists to to get noticed you know like there was there's loads of bands that got signed from they might not have even played a gig but just you know by their myspace presence that's kind of like what made the turning point of like a lot of labels now they'll be looking for you to have the full package done like it's rare that they'll sign you when you haven't really done much, but you're you're a cool guy, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're looking for someone that's like, right, these guys have done this, they've done these videos, they they yeah. already know. It's like they don't. It's it's yeah, harder to kind of that interview we did with Carlo from Wormhole. That was really what... yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But that it just shows kind of that you know they want the not even to say the less work that they have to do, but. I, there's not many labels for this kind of music unless you're going massive that really will like try to do that whole thing of like we're going to shape you into this like they kind of you will have done the work before they get their hands on it it seems to be now like now so there's definitely people out here that don't know ang about MySpace so what would a page look like uh, for a band on MySpace would it be like They'd have a profile song, or they'd have a few profile songs. Would they? They'd have taught yeah, plays. What? Well, there was it. like, there was a count yeah, right one page. Four. Originally, yeah, it was, was one four, and then it changed to you could have four songs. So okay, could, yeah. Later. But that would be like a player in the right-hand corner, and like you'd upload whatever, um, you know, profile picture, and then there was. Could you they download directly they, then the song? No. You the the artist would decide if a song was downloadable. Like you okay. could have them all up for free, or you could only play them on MySpace. So like a lot of bands would have one song sampler that you can download. Mm-hmm. But then it was the very, other... like the thing that's weird about it though was it it definitely required technical know how how to do it. You had to write the script 
for putting that the player yeah, coding, in there. Basically. There's, there's a little box you're going to blog post and take you to the blog or there's a little box you're going to tour dates on. But you had to literally yeah. go into the URL, like the the scroll for the page and put all that stuff in to do it, you know? Oh, or to right, change yeah. the colour of your background yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah, it wasn't just click and drag. Like, you really had to do the, the HTML coding and, you know, to yeah. make something bold, you'd have, like, um, the pointy bracket B forward yeah. slash close pointy bracket and you'd write it then and then you do the same thing and that would make the post bold so I think another one of the big downfalls for it was you know it was it wasn't as easy to kind of just jump into whereas Facebook all the pages look the exact same you know There's, usability went against it so yeah, that's that's exactly it because you get some lads that would, um, you know, w- once you figure out how to do this stuff, they'd have forty songs play at once. They'd have the cursor would be a fucking a four twenty thing just going around in circles and like glitter everywhere, and the page is just everything just became a mess. Do you know what I mean? Okay. They had the same kind of coloring as Facebook. It was like the same similar blue, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think MySpace were offered to buy Facebook at the very start for something like, I think it was something like 70-something million or 90 million. And they were like, no, that's too much. We're just going to do our own thing. And sure. it was Yeah, it was bought by News Corp for 580 million. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then sold in 2011 for 35 million. I am the guy who sold it for thirty-five million is now trying to offload it for two million pounds or something like that. Wow! Yeah, they, there was it's so funny. many different times they were trying to bring it back, but it never, it just never, it never happened. Like you know, it probably will have whenever people are old, they'll have like some sort of renaissance or whatever. Like one of the things that I thought was really, really helpful, like again about networking and stuff, was. It was the first time ever where you could actually have interactions with like your heroes and stuff. So like if you're yeah. really in the agnostic front, you could find out the singer's name, look him up on MySpace and send him a message saying, Will you listen to my band's song, please? Like, you know? Yeah. And that was really, really helpful back then where, you know, if you were trying to do your own press release, you could have quotes from like people, you know, who were in your mind anyway of note saying, oh, man, these guys are brilliant or whatever. Like, you know, and I think half the time they were just trying to be nice because we were children being like, whoa, you know. <laughs> so they'd, they'd all be appearing on the comment section and you can customize that then into, we'll say, your tour dates. and Absolutely. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of things that you, could, that you could do with it. I think, obviously, you know, some people went overboard with it but just i think in in essence <laughs> i've like gone really slow or something like, <laughs> yeah sorry he went over his few seconds <laughs> right give me give me a second never mind fuck me somewhere. what about me editing this <laughs> i know that's exactly I'm, I'm fucking right look let me try something there i'm gonna switch it back thank god we weren't doing a live facebook stream tonight <laughs> oh my god so what were we talking about? We were talking about the, the accoutrements of it. Like, that was at the age whenever blogs were 
massive, like where everyone had a blog, you know. Travel blogs. And I think that was a big thing of it, like was blog posts on your MySpace wall and you would have like studio diaries or just like a thing telling people how the gigs were that weekend and things like that, you know. I don't know how I managed to avoid all that stuff. I genuinely don't. I think probably the answer to that is having two newborn children where you were covering <laughs> children. <laughs> That's a very good point. That's, Joe, I think you got it, man. And any free time I was, I was just downloading frantically. <laughs> <laughs> downloading what? <laughs> <laughs> movies, Joseph. Movies. And what music. kind of movies, though? There was always a dude that had it. Always a go-to friend for the weed. Always a go-to friend for the porn. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, did you just smoke splits and watch porn together? Like, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, on your MySpace page. I remember all of us getting stoned watching, I think it was like this uh, real life killing or something. Remember there was that, that, that video? Visions of, of Death. A snuff movie. What's it called? Masks of yeah. Dead or Visions of Death or something? Faces of Death. Oh, Faces yeah, of Death. Faces yes. of Death. Holy fuck, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus That was Christ. such a bad idea, man. We just all were like really up for it. We all got stoned and then like we were going after like 30 minutes of trying, trying not to bust your bollocks laughing in case you'd offend Jesus. everybody else in the room. And then just get really I forgot about depressed. that. Like, yeah. What I is forgot it? about fa- Faces of Death. Yeah. It kind oh, of was Jesus. a compilation of a lot of war footage of executions and yeah, guys. It was held as as if it was like real footage, like the you know it's a proper snuff movie that a compilation of people dying. But it wasn't real, was it? Yes, it, it was. wasn't real. It wasn't. Nope. <laughs> uh, well, fuck it. The one I saw was just made up of war, World War Two. Iraq, Afghanistan, all that shit. They were all done. That's live. Way. What's the thing? That's website. Live something. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, you know, the live leaks, is it? Live leaks or something like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Stay away from that now when you're when you're. So smoking. what was the <laughs> what was the face of death in? So it was a fake thing. People had actors in it and pretend they were what? What? <laughs> yeah, pretty I much. Think it might have been some. Might have been some like real animal killings or like bits of war footage but <laughs> loads, loads of it was all just like the bits of people being chainsawed up and stuff like that wasn't it yeah, I haven't seen the that whole one, premise man. of it like oh Jeez. from what I remember of it it was rough because when you watch it you do actually think it's real because it's it was promoted as mm-hmm. such but well, whenever we were in secondary school as part of a religious class we had to watch Silent Scream, which is the abortion movie. Has anyone ever seen it now? <laughs> no, no. Hell. It's like, you know, like Slayer wrote a song about it. That's how fucking mental it is. It's full of uh, footage of aborted fetuses, people having abortions, like ultrasounds of abortions happening and all that sort of stuff. Oh. This was in religion class and like people throwing up and stuff and they're like, this is how, how <laughs> the reaction we wanted. <laughs> More Catholics. <laughs> so, I went to all girls school. So we were like, in the convent, we were shown this video that was basically like, if you have sex before marriage, you're a whore and you'll get an STD and die. That <laughs> <laughs> was literally the, the theme of it. And they're like, don't think just because you haven't penetrated that you're, you're a virgin. 
because you're not you slut <laughs> and that was the dream we were all like Jesus 17 just like am I a whore <laughs> like, I kissed the boy <sighs> oh it was, oh, it was actually like Christ. horrific <laughs> and that was rolled out to you what in fifth year or sixth year fifth year religion yeah Wow. I was like, sit Jesus down there Christ. and, um, yeah, feel shit about yourself for kissing boys. Mickey, do you remember in the 80s, the Irish government had anti-AIDS ads? And the gist of the ads was the best way not to get AIDS is not to have sex outside marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was all like, women who have more than one sexual partner just get AIDS. And <laughs> that was <laughs> I remember, I remember being in school at around 13 or 14 and rumour went around that one of the lads had a rubber johnny in his school bag. And I mean, there was at least 30 or 40 of us crowding around to see this fucking rubber johnny. <laughs> and what, I don't know what your man did with it in the end, because like, it was just like we'd have kind of form an orderly queue and just go, so wow, that is... An actual rubber Johnny and examine it. <laughs> Give it back. You know? That's massive. How would I get it all in there? <laughs> How would I put it on my head. Yeah. <laughs> How am I supposed to eat this whole thing? <laughs> Speaking of which, actually, um, on about, uh, on about, um, I think he, he was trying to sell it in the end. I think he got a few bob for it. But when I was over in Malaga, I get... <laughs> when I was over in Malaga, I got a text off Ruben going, he goes, Dad, any chance you pick up a load of packets of Trident chewing gum? <laughs> right? I'm going, the fuck do you want Trident chewing gum from? He's flogging it in school. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? He's a businessman. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah, believe it. He's a supplier. Fair play to him now. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to bring him back like around 20 packs of Trident chewing gum that he'll sell I, for two, I was two convinced euros. Gonna, I was convinced you were going to say, Dad, bring me back a packet or 20 packs of Trojan gum. Come on, this is exactly what I thought too. Flogging them like... <laughs> Evan, he's 13. He's 13. Jesus Christ. Future <laughs> <your> look. <laughs> Fair play to him. <laughs> and did you see also that you two were over in Ukraine? In that. I think I have a yeah. mental block when it comes to you two, to be honest. Say that would be worse than that Faces of Death movie you're on about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Myself and Helen were on about this, that the personalities that were going over to Ukraine and there was obviously Sean Penn was there at the start, then fucking Angelina Jolie. And we were trying to say who would be the next person over there. And I was going, it's going to be that dickhead Chris Martin from Coldplay trying to save the world. And I totally forgot about Bono, man. How could you forget (laughs) about Bono? Uh, Bono nearly starting wars just so he can write songs about him now at this stage. Like, you know, (laughs) fucking hell. Yeah, but there's there's two or three Ukraine bands still caught up in all that stuff. Ginger, one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1914 as well. They don't kind of really. Are hide. they Ukraine? They don't yeah. hide fucking showing pictures of uh, dead Russians under under Facebook, I Twitter feed. They're Ukrainian. Mm. Hell. They're okay. a great band. Yeah, the band um, supposed to play Cork um, with Elder Druid. And Carosa, they had the Irish tour 
oh, oh stone jesus yes stone jesus there, yeah, there, there in the ukraine yeah 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 it's it's mental just to think you know like what what it's actually like like how they can plan any, like everything goes on hold especially mm. like you know having but every pandemic. like think about like i know it's absolutely horrific what's going on about of course but like as a musician and there's such a huge scene in Russia for music, yes. al- along with all those bands as well. So they all must be looking at each other going, our fucking careers are over here. And I'd say yeah. the majority of men fairest are, are, are total anti-Putin. What, yeah. What would you say on that one, Joe? You probably know a good few bands. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it's, We played in Russia in 2013, and it's the same week that they shot down that Dutch airliner over Crimea. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Mm. So, like, I, I don't really think it's the kind of society where, like, whenever they're having street protests and stuff, that so we're getting hundreds of people arrested. So, I don't really know what they can do. You know, it's a very, very, very difficult situation that they're in. You know, because you're 100% right, 90, 90% or more of the population don't want them to do with the war, you know. Mm. And that's probably why they're losing the war as well. It's just because... No one wants to be there, you know. It's not as if like they're doing what Ukraine are doing. It's just like fighting for their lives. They're just electively having to go and fight in this place that has always been, you know, kind of like the Russians were killing Ukrainians in the twenties there by the millions. Yeah. yeah. They've never they've never had a good relationship really, you know, even when it was in the USSR. A lot of them used to hold it there as well, the likes of Odessa and places like that. And it is mental though, because like Russia was increasingly becoming a bigger and bigger market for bands touring and stuff. You know, yeah. like I know Iron Maiden and Ramstein and a whole bunch of bands had Moscow, St. Petersburg, and a couple of Ukrainian gigs cancelled. You know, yeah. I want to say that there will be basically the same kind of thing that they had with South Africa in the eighties, where like artists will boycott going to Russia, you know? Yeah. Serious enough in relation for musicians on either side. There there just won't be anything happening from any band or artist outside of there until it's all done. Do you know what I mean? And then you're having having two years of nobody doing gigs and then adding this on top of it. There's some artists that are just you know, they could they could have lost absolutely everything, including, you know, having to be worried about where they'll actually sleep and everything. It's it's insane. I don't think I genuinely could fathom how. Yeah. Like, the thing that we're talking about, is, all those bands, like, bands like Ginger and stuff, like, you know, they're all of fighting age, you know? So, like, I would assume that every one of those people has been conscripted in some way or, you know, at least is, you know, like in a combat zone, which is awful, like, you know. Mm. Would you believe I have quite a large listenership in both countries and yeah. done, and done well on the charts for, for the podcast with both, so. Um, it's it's crazy how much something like this even can can travel, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just hope it fucking finishes soon, man. It's horrific, you know, and that prick just gets fucking done in somehow. I think he's dying and he has cancer or some fucking ailment or something. I'm not Hopefully, sure. anyway. People do things for insane reasons. Apparently, like, one of the reasons Hitler started the Second World War cause, was because it was his 50th birthday. And he was worried that <laughs> he's having a midlife crisis, being all like, I'm 50, friggin' hell, what am I going to do now to kind of 
cement myself some sort of legacy. Like, I have to show my penis isn't small. I have to do something to show I don't have a small penis. I'll take like, back to Rhineland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a man with a small penis would never do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's, a, it's an awful situation. And like the, the thing that the worst part of it is that there will end up being after this war and some sort of cultural resentment of Russian stuff. Like, you know, yeah. and some of that will end up extending to Russian bands trying to come to other parts of Europe to play shows, you know. Um, but, but like, people are just, you know what people are like. They, people have just an illogical hatred sometimes, like loads of Russian shops in America were being burnt out and stuff, and those people were saying like they were from Ukraine, you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you only have to look at Northern Ireland for how long those troubles went on and bands just couldn't play up there or wouldn't. Yeah. You know, time It was a big the- thing in the 90s whenever Slayer and Machine Head played and there had been a load of bomb threats uh, on stuff on the concert and they were like, well, we're going to go and do it anyway. And that was like a huge, huge deal at that time. Whereas a whole, like Iron Maiden said that they were never going to come to Ireland while the Troubles were in full swing so they didn't go at all in the 80s or anything, you know? Wow. So- Seen Iron Maiden in Dublin and uh, they came out, or my parents seen them, they came out waving the Union Jack in Dublin and um, apparently everybody just stopped dead. Like, so no wonder they wouldn't do the North. I've been seeing them in Dublin a few times and one of the times yeah they got booed like Frigg about it and like had to make a speech afterwards like yeah um, and then whenever I saw them in Belfast a few years ago they, instead of having a Union Jack they just had some generic Iron Maiden flag kind of thing like you know makes sense yep <laughs> Funny though, like just like you know the story about Megadeth playing in yeah, in Ireland say. in the 80s and stuff like that. So I think it was very easy for people to put their foot in it, like you know, and just say it's something stupid. And then wait, what was this? Go. What was Megadeth? They played a, a gig in Antrim in like 1988 or something like that, and got banned from playing in Ireland for like five years. And you know, they incited a big, big massive riot in a. In a, at the gig because you know they did a cover of Anarchy in the UK. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, really, really shit. But anyway, <laughs> um, they uh, they were all like, "This one is dedicated to the cause, oh. uh, Anarchy in Ireland, give Ireland back to the Irish or whatever." Uh, and he said that like the audience kind of divided in two, and there was a big massive row, and people were throwing pound coins at them and stuff. Apparently, I don't know if it's true, but apparently that um, influenced them to write Holy Wars. That was, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, we've got a good song out of it anyway. Definitely got a good song. <laughs> yeah. Like Paul Irish. McCartney, give Ireland back to the Irish. Folks. Yep. <laughs> back in the Beatles days. But I mean, right through all those troubles, Stiff Little Fingers played, Joe, didn't they? Yeah, all the time. And like, you know, lots and lots of other people like Rory Gallagher and Finn Lizzie and stuff played everywhere, mm. regardless of kind of what was going on, you know. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I guess was a kind of dangerous thing. Like, you know, the Miami Show Band were just yeah. like a, a regular gig and band, you know, and look what happened then. So yeah. I can see, totally see why a bunch of people wouldn't want to go there. And it could be the same kind of thing. If, say if there's some sort of truce in Ukraine, but they don't give back Donbass, so they don't give back 
you know, Crimea, you could get a whole bunch of bands saying, I don't know, like if it was a truce tomorrow, Evan, I don't know, maybe you maybe you would want to go or maybe you wouldn't. It's hard to know really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that is very like situational, like when it, when it comes up and what way it kind of comes about. But I think there would be like an influx of people wanting to go there for support or to help in whatever way they could in if there was something to rebuild because even if with a truce it i you know i can't imagine it would be like oh cool right we'll just fly over the next day and everything's back to normal uh, i think once things are uh, kind of settled i think i would i could imagine more bands would want to do it just as yeah. even like a supportive thing do you know what i mean mm. um more people would just be aware of somewhere that you know this this will be something that people <laughs> probably need more than than any other place. Do you know what I mean? Joe, when he played Russia, what kind of gigs were you playing? Capacity gigs, and you remember? And um, so look, we're playing like a kind of mini festival thing with some band called Nano War of Steel, who dressed up as bumblebees and played Nano War. Fucking <laughs> oh, yes, classic. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were really good, but like. I wish we had a place in Petersburg because a lot of people say that St. Petersburg is a very kind of liberal kind of city and stuff. And like Moscow was pretty unfriendly, you know, and it was very quiet. There was no one around in the streets and it was just sort of... And like, you know, I suppose looking back at now, I don't really know if that was a good idea doing that or not, you know? Mm. It was just one of the things where it was more overtaken with, oh, wow, there's a gig offered in Russia without actually thinking, oh, wait a minute, what a, you know, what's... What's going on in the world at the minute, you know? Like we all remember those fantastic scenes when Metallica played there yeah. and Pantera. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Um, but like I think that was the whole that was part of opening up, wasn't it? Like, you know, whenever they had the Moscow Peace Festival in the eighties and stuff with all the hair metal bands and then they had SEDC and Metallica, as you said. Yeah. A big show. Um like it's- a lot of places we were offered shows in Israel a couple of years ago and like part of our thing was that we we're like willing to like consider going if we would be allowed to go and play other shows in the region and one of the stipulations of going to Israel was that you weren't allowed to go and visit any of the neighboring countries uh-huh. so like I think sometimes you end up in situations like that where it's like if you're going to somewhere where there is some sort of conflict going on they can be very touchy about where is on your passport? You know, where have you been to recently? You know, yeah. yeah. yeah there's a big metal scene as well in Israel. Um, yeah. And yeah, they are very. Again, uh, the people that I talked to, what was the name of the band they were called? Oh, I should know. Um, I remember, I remember you had. Did you have them on the podcast yeah. before? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Metal has no borders. Yeah. And they were lovely guys, actually, really nice. Um, but yeah, I think that's a similar deal. Um, similar deal with. Do you remember the guys from Metal from Nepal? Yes. And they were saying there was this uh, kind of same deal with basically if you if you had been to China or whatever, you couldn't go in that way, basically, or yeah. like it depended where where you were traveling in or out of, you know, whether they would let you go there or not, you know. Yeah. Sad times, man. Fuck's sake. Like, I mean, you've got like the likes of Roger Waters and them being very strong 
on where they play. Then you've got U2, you've got like, like there's so many different artists all trying to, I suppose, break down the borders and barriers just and leave the fucking music do the talking. So, yeah. you know, especially since it's the metal community, there's, I think, people's ideas of freedom is very important to all of us and, and especially metal. The community is incredible. So that's, that's all I was more or less worried about in, in relation to those that are out in Russia, musicians out in Russia that certainly hate Putin. And it, the next few years is going to be very hard for them. Absolutely, you know? Yeah. you know. And like, do you remember whenever uh, Afghanistan fell, there was a big thing about that, saying like there's a whole bunch of people who've had career in metal music, you know, in bands for the last 10 years in Afghanistan and stuff. And they're all going to have to basically go underground, you know, because it would be totally illegal to kind of have anything like that going on, you know? Mm-hmm. I tried to get um, an Iranian band. I tried to get yeah, them yeah. on as well. They were a death metal band and they couldn't for the fear of their lives. Yeah, really? I contacted them through the record label because obviously I couldn't contact them. And the record label were kind of up for it in relation to just that, yeah, they could do it. It's possible, but mm-hmm. leave it with me and I'll talk to the lads. And I was there going, look, there's no hassle. They don't have to appear. It will be on Zoom, but it won't be their faces running like that. They don't yep. have to show it. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. and even at that, they were just terrified that one of them would leave something slip out that it would trace mm-hmm. back to where what region they were in or what record producer or what record label what, who they used for mixing or mastering. They were just, it was just a whole fucking minefield of problems there with four of them talking. So they just, in the end, said no. You met my mate, uh, Shram, didn't you, uh, in Belfast? Yeah. Lovely. He's from around, he said when he was growing up, he, you know, they would get basically illegal tapes in the post or whatever from, you know, the West. And that he was listening to like bands like Wasp or, you know, Iron Maiden and stuff. But, he said on the tapes he had to have written some form of secular music, you know, as in something religious or whatever written on the tape. So theoretically, if he ever got stopped and someone said, let me see your Walkman, they could see that whatever tapes he had was just, you know, blah, blah, blah you know. That's absolutely insane. Like, mm. And where he, was he Iranian? Yeah. Jesus, right, okay, God. How is and he, man? Like, Have you seen him lately? So he's still in Belfast. Yeah, like I can't remember the last time I saw him. He's getting on great. You know, he's been here for years and years now. Like, you know, he's like he's as Irish as the get, really. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But Brilliant. like again, that's part of the problem is because of the diplomatic situation. Like he couldn't go home for family funerals and things like that, just because it's so difficult to go and you know and come back. So. Mm. And look the way he is as well. I mean, I'd yeah. imagine there's issues as well with long hair. And tattoos specifically, you know. Mm. It's a very strange kind of world like that, you know, because I think Iran does get painted sometimes as being like, an, like it is incredibly uh, anti-woman society. But they also have a lot of liberal leanings and stuff like that and, you know, other things going on. But I don't know. Like, but this is a good like chat to have though, like Evan, in terms of like sometimes it is good to have a chat within the band and say, right, even without being an overtly political band, you know, where would you like to play? Where would you not like to play? You know, 
you don't because sometimes you can inadvertently you know I said like in the 80s whenever they were doing that uh, apartheid you know in South Africa and they were yeah. doing the boycott of it Black Sabbath went and played there in the 80s and they got like tons of crap for it. and Queen went and played and said that they didn't even know that it was like they didn't know that there was a boycott going on you know yeah yeah so um, it's not not a like conversation to have to have, but like it is good to have it so that you don't end up going and doing something that you might end up in hindsight going, you know what, maybe that wasn't the best and thing. Inadvertently you know. kinda look like you're on the side of something you didn't know about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Where um, just pure ignorance or whenever the stones played uh, in America for the first time they had to do segregated audience, you know, where it was like half black on one side and half white on the other side and stuff, you know. I just, and I said after a couple of gigs, they were like, we don't want to do this, you know, we really, we would rather just go home than have to play these segregated gigs, you know. I just finished reading Ian Hunter of Matahoopal, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Rock and Roll Star, it's called, and uh, they used to get fucking hammered in certain sections of America for having long hair. Really? Yeah, that was back 1970, 71. Even the whole thing of just even going into a hotel with long hair, you just people ridiculing them. Working class Americans just getting freaked out over the long hair and calling them out and throwing stuff at them. Amazing, isn't it? Wow. Uh, you get that here <laughs> still. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the prejudice of, like, based on what people look like, sure. <laughs> Sophie Lancaster, you know, she was only killed because she what what she looked like, you know. So yeah. It's not that it's not that far distant memory, that sort of way of thinking, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. So there you go, man. That's that's because of uh my space. We've journeyed across through time and space. <laughs> <laughs> really well, depressing. It is, <laughs> it is it is a social platform that we you know, it's worldwide, I guess, like Mm. Somebody Joe, add Vladimir Putin there on uh, on MySpace and ask him to wise get him on wise the beam. <laughs> Why are you such a cunt? <laughs> Open up Bebo there, Danielle, and start yeah. it out for us. Yeah, get you, you okay, hon? <laughs> so the only thing we didn't cover because when this goes out, it'll be over. But maybe just tell us a brief thing about the metal market in Kharkiv, please. Yeah, the is it a once-off? So, no. Um, no, I don't want to do it as a once-off. So this is kind of like the first one. Um, I want to kind of gradually grow it, but it's kind of like less less pressure. It's kind of easy going. People want to come down, you know, you can from one o'clock to four o'clock in the roundy. Even if people want to just come down and hang out and drink mm. pints, you know, that's that's absolutely fine. It's kind of no pressure it's a nice place to kind of maybe meet some contacts you know i presume Just it's upstairs yeah or is it up, yeah. upstairs in the roundy yeah yeah uh-huh. and then the plan will be hopefully to kind of grow it and have it be its own thing um Excellent. i'd love ideally to do something like you know maybe not this christmas but i probably will do one somewhere around then but you know to have like a big like the dublin alternative market but more for it's just a little bit more specific for the kind of heavier side of things do you know what i mean because mm-hmm. cork hasn't had anything like this um there's other venues and stuff that we're looking at 
to kind of expand the whole thing that we can do with it. But yeah, I'm look I'm looking forward to it. You know, just seeing what way it goes, and hopefully people just come down and because it's it is it's something different. You know, if people are giving out that there's nothing to do during the day, yeah, there you go. Excellent. And is there going to be stalls and stuff at it, man? Like, is, is there people coming to sell their wares? Yeah, yeah, we have a few bands. Um, so we have Appenham now will be there. Um, ourselves, Corosa, Obsidian, um, Zora. Um, God Alone. God Alone, yeah. Uh, the Bulga Design. Um, and we might have one or two other few things there. And there's, there'll be music, you know, playing throughout the day. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what way it goes, just because there seems to be a good interest in it, I don't know if it's just because it's something different or if people want to come down really and, you know, buy stuff, but it's hard for bands when, if they don't have, when they haven't had gigs for so long to, you know, to try financially make the next plans because a lot of the time merch and vinyls and whatever, that's the sale of that really does determine the next yeah. thing that the band will do. I think it's a brilliant idea in the, in the sense of I don't think I've ever heard of something like that going on before where it's like we're going to get these eight bands to come down and sell merch, you know, and yeah. like people who, who like the bands can go and meet them because a lot of times at gigs, you, like for whatever reason, you can't sit and have a chat with the band, either they're right. busy or There's they're busy. So 50 other it things is cool instead of talking to some random merch person, you're going to get the chat to the bands themselves, you know. That's yeah. it, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it now. Again, like it's the first one, so I'm hoping that I can grow it into something bigger. But you know, I think I think it's a good start. Um, just seeing what way people will react to it, like. You know? And it's free in the whole lot, yeah. Free, yeah, yeah. Free cool. in. Um, bands will have. Gone, Ev. We'll yeah. never know what the bands will have. <laughs> just have to go there. <laughs> just as he was having the pitch, the perfect pitch. Yeah. Yeah, my thing went to this. Yeah. Bands will have what if? Uh, yeah, band, bands will all have all their stuff, but I wanted to kind of do it in a way that there's specific bands, you know, on for different ones rather than it just be like, oh, there's a market on, bring your stuff. Yeah. And you could have an absolute shit show of people, like one guy coming in with two T-shirts, being like, I, "Can I sell these?" Like, you know, up Ireland T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, so, that's me ruled yeah. out. Then, yeah. um, <laughs> would you like to? Would you like to try and get like wee labels and stuff? Like someone like Invictus used to always do stalls, like gigs in Dublin and stuff like that. You know. Like, yeah, would that yeah. be something you'd like to do as well? Like, get, get other, like, Irish metal artists or whatever? As in to do, to run markets themselves or yeah, just so to they, have it at? I, like, so that it's not just bands. You also have, like, Irish labels or Irish, you oh, know, designers. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, like, we have bands. We have graphic designers at this one as well. So, like, any anything within the scene that is selling any merch or any physical thing, 100%, absolutely get in contact as well because after this one, I'll start making plans for a second one. That's it, lads. 
great talking to you, great catching up. Uh, Joe, best luck on the tour. Thank you. You don't have much of a break then before you play the Derry one, do you? Uh, so Derry and Hellfest are in June, and then the, this UK tour and Irish tour is in uh, July. So oh, Fucking hell, uh, Hellfest we'll that, well. like, I think it'll be just a case of like chipping away, doing doing stuff on the album really then until the end of the summer or you okay. know end of the year possibly yeah. Daniel are you going to help first? going to the first weekend yeah is that so Joe's? Joe's. Oh, okay. Okay. Joe. Um, oh, first yeah, it's, a, it's the 18th isn't it um, I think Primordial are playing in a tavern and something else um, yeah Primordial are playing um, headliners are Deftones Crucon thrown in there and No, I, I think Tom's going to it. But oh, okay. Yeah. And Ev, just before we pack up, what's the story of worn out? One tour under the belt. Anything else coming? Down yeah, the line? we have the Templemore Metal Festival on ah, the fourth of June, cool. and then we have Limerick with Cro-Mags and Belfast with Cro-Mags. That's going to be deadly. What day is the one in Limerick, Ev? Do you know? Uh, the 23rd of June. Yeah, I'm back. Thursday, I'm literally yeah. back from Greece that week, so I'll be up there. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Mike was it's convinced you were Oh, yeah. Uh, I was originally, I was going to America, but now I'm going to Greece, so. Um, oh, even better now, yeah. Yeah, so Come I'll be Belfast there for that. Is Belfast the 23rd or the 24th? 25th. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Helen's gonna watch this and fucking kill me. Like. <laughs> okay, lads, that's it. Thanks a million for coming on the show, Daniel, Joe, and Evan. Much appreciated. Support Evan's uh, market. Hopefully, now that'll be the start of many good things to come down the down the line for Cork. Okay. Hopefully. Torture yeah. local medicine. Cheers, lads.